Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I want to talk about this fire in Galway and you heard Eamon mention that too in the news. I'm sure you've been listening to it all day. The suspected arson attack, the guards have launched an investigation. It's at the uh, former Ross Lake House in County Galway. It was earmarked. It was due to house about 70 asylum seekers. And the thing is, it's not the first time. It's, it's, it's the latest really now of several fires at accommodation centres that have been selected or earmarked for the accommodation of asylum seekers. So are we likely to see something like this again? I want to talk to people in, in Galway and other areas today. Independent councillor in the Galway area, though, Thomas Welby is with us here on Lunchtime Live. Thomas, just first of all, do you condemn what happened on Saturday night? I do, of course, yeah. I do, uh, yeah. And look, I'm, I live within about three miles away from the... Um, building and um, I mean any of the people that I spoke to are, are really ups- very upset in relation to you know a lot of people one man a very good friend of mine that lives about half a mile away from me you know all his life has been uh, this building has been a part of his life growing up and even getting married and you know they use it for social occasions and things like that his father used to work there he said it was like a death in the family you know and I mean you know it's, I totally condemn in relation to what happened have you been part of um, the protest or the blockade that has been taking place there, Thomas? Well, you see, this this uh, came out of, uh, like a bolt out of the blue. Uh, I mean, I was in Limerick and, and I was coming back from Limerick on Friday um, after a medical appointment uh, with a family member. And um, I got an email from the department at, um, it was 14, it was 14, uh, 48, to say that, and they, would just, they attached a briefing document and they said, uh, you know, that this is what's going going ahead. I mean, this is a boat out of the blue. This building hasn't been used for over a year as a hotel and um, the actual people that bought it recently went for a planning permission to convert it back to a private house. And, you know, nobody, everybody was completely taken unawares of this. And, uh, you know, there there was a, um, a number of other politicians that, that got in contact with the local people and it's practically straight away there was a, an actual um, number of people uh, outside the entrance. It's very unusual. This is a, an actual off a local road, very narrow local road. You know, unless you knew the area very well, you wouldn't find it unless you had an air mm. code. And then you go over a private road of approximately 210 metres to access the property. You know, it's, a, it's an old period house from 18, around 1820. Um, but, uh, you know, it hasn't been in use for a number of years. And I think, you know, the local people were aware that the new owners were actually in the process of looking at starting a major renovation to, to, um, uh, to convert it into a private house. So it took everybody by surprise. But I mean, my big But you were notified, sorry, Thomas, it was on Friday, sorry. Is that what you said? You were notified Friday about the, yeah, the, the well, use, I got, sir? I got an email, an email, a seven-page briefing document from the department uh, in relation to it, okay? And, you know, they did say in the in the body of the email that, um, in the meantime, please do, an, or, sorry, your support in assisting the positive integration of international protection applicants to the community is greatly appreciated. I got an email, as did all the other local politicians. Now, I'm led to believe some of the other politicians were contacted by party members. Uh, you know, I used to be in a party, and, you know, naturally sometimes like that, you know, a TD or somebody might, might ring you a half an hour beforehand. But this was 
it's supposed to be a briefing document. Okay. Now, I can guarantee you the people in the locality are very, very upset in relation to what was the final outcome. But they are also very upset. Uh, during the day on Saturday, RTE actually uh, ran a number of uh, items on this. There was an interview there. And they, there was this impression given that the, the department were working with locals, you know, for the integration and that there was meetings taking, uh, taking place. I got a seven-page document. I have yet to meet any other politician that had a face-to-face meeting with um, uh, anybody in relation to this. Uh, so, I mean, the department, or their communication is, you know, to say it's a, it's a briefing, it's not. I mean, I expect a briefing that you'd, I'd go into a room with you or I'd get a phone call from you and there'd be interaction back and over between the two of us. There was no interaction. This but I suppose the, the, the department would say that was... The communication, that was the consultation, as it, or well, not consultation, actually, but it was the communication, if you want to call it that. It, 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 to me, it was a communication of a, of a, of a, of a process that was finalised. That's, that's exactly what, in my mind, it, this was a communication to tell me what was going this on. This is what's happening. And so this is, this is a, Now, sorry, I do have to say, I heard, I heard the minister this morning on Morning Ireland. And he felt that that was a, that was a consultation. In my mind, it was no. Cons- it wasn't a consultation. It was so a, what it was what should have happened then, Thomas? To, to your mind, because this seems well, to have been the, the know, level of consultation, if even if even in other parts of the country, from from people that I've you know talked to here on the show. So so what do you think should have happened? What should Minister Roderick O'Gorman have have done? Well, I think, you know, invariably in it's the department that deals with these things, not the minister. The minister, isn't, you know, naturally isn't hands-on. But, but can I just go back to the, to the thing in relation to if you sat down in anywhere in the country and you listened to the, to the news piece and the reporter on the ground in relation to the last night, this view came across strongly that there was a lot of consultation and that they were working through this. Nobody on the ground got, uh, that I came across, I've yet to meet somebody that said to me, oh, actually, yes, I was in contact with the department and we were looking at this. And, and my, my belief is, I was shocked this morning, actually, to hear on, on uh, Morning Ireland the amount of places that there has been damage done. And, you know, then the chief whip uh, comes on and says, yeah, we need to improve our, our communications. In fact, there's a, there's a paragraph in the document, the seven-page briefing document, how they're going to try and improve their communications. There, there is no communications. I mean, I've been through this before. I mean, I, you know, I'm from Uctorard. Uh, I, I was the councillor that, that actually called the meeting in Uctorard on the uh, previously, and that led to the situation, the standoff over the uh, in 2019. There is no consultation. The reason I called should the there be consultation, I, Thomas? Should there be you, consultation? <laughs> Can I ask you the question back? Do you think there should be consultation? I think if you're going to do something that that effectively uh, increases the, the the population by a large a large, there has to be some kind of you know. I can tell you in over the last uh, number of years, my job as a councillor has moved from planning and getting roads and potholes done to trying getting uh, school places. The school in Uctorard, which is the local the closest uh, secondary school, it has exceeded its taking policy by seven students this year. I'm aware of a student in my college. No, I get that. There's, there's lo- loads yes, of, loads of issues around, around, uh, you know, around services yeah. and, and amenities. And I, I, and I, t- and I take your, your point completely on that. But, but your argument, Thomas, is that there should be some kind of formal Absolutely. consultation with locals in the area before something well, like this happens. Well, if there isn't, there should be a policy to say that this is how we do things. 
I mean, you cannot, you know, you cannot pretend that you're going to have consultation. Uh, you know, you can't. I mean, I can guarantee you that people are upset in relation to what happened to the building, but they're equally upset on the basis that people are saying, to them, well, well, why you were, you were in discussion with the department? There was no discussion taking place. Okay. So either... So you're either annoyed about that. Oh, that's fair. That's, so you're, that's, you're, yeah. your, your point is you're, you're annoyed that there was no consultation uh, with you as a local councillor or other councillors or other people in the area. This seven-page document was sent out basically the, what, just a few days, was it, Thomas, did you say beforehand? I just didn't it's catch when not- that document was sent. Last Friday. Last Friday, okay. Friday the 15th of December, 2023. 15th of December. At 14.48. At 14.48. Okay. Let, let me bring... The national politicians. And we were told there were 70 people going to be in there on the 21st of December. Jack is on the line as well. Jack, I believe you're you're also from the area that we're, we're talking about in County Galway. What is the reaction like there now this morning when you're talking to people? Um, yeah, no, thanks very much. Um, look, listen, the reaction, I, I suppose, is fairly mixed. The reason why I wanted to get on here was just to say that it's not representative of the full community in terms of what's happened. Um, full condemnation of what is, you know, the, the arson attack on the, the building. Um, but I would agree, let's say, around a cons- consultative uh, process that needs to happen. Uh, to ensure that people aren't, because one of the biggest things that people have now is just the fear and the uncertainty of the unknown. So a consultative process would try and alleviate that. Like, uh, you know, this is, I suppose, this has happened, or not that this has happened, but this is probably the line you hear, not the line, but it's the communication you hear from a lot of people and a lot of locals in areas over the past year is that there's been no consultation. Would people's views really change, though, Jack, if there was consultation? Um, because presumably so. people um, would just object. Um, they probably would object, but I suppose that's, that's what puts the, the whole process in place. And that's why I think that you've got to have this uh, to try and change people's views. Because if you don't start changing them here, like, the, like everywhere else, the next place that they want to try and go to um, is going to have the same process as well or the same problems. So it's all, it's all about the consultation. Um, yes, I not well. I don't think it's all about the consultation. Um, I think there's things that you can do. Um, there's ways and means. There's probably innovative ideas uh, to be able to bring people in. People could have come in, and um, then let's say, given maybe about a month or so, um, with a view to trying to see how do we integrate people into the community, etc. Um, I'm sure there's, there's different. I'm not. I suppose there's more people more qualified to be able to come through with some uh, ideas like that. Connor is on the line as well. Connor, like, what's your view in all of this? You're not from Galway, is that right, Connor? Well, I'm down in Cork. Uh, now there has been a few uh, bits and pieces in Cork here uh, as well, along. But I, I suppose the, uh, the, the 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 you know what they have what they have done. I suppose it's the racism thing that gets me. Uh, you know, where it's a cause and effect, and they come along, and the the government policy. Uh, is the cause, but the effect then is the unrest. Uh, where does it? Is the cause? It's it's in the political, the economic, and, and humanitarian considerations, and the effects uh, it can lead to tensions, which it is doing, uh, and there's inequities in in the way it has been distributed between the uh, immigrants and the Ukrainians, especially, and our own people who are left homeless. And that's uh, that's how I feel about it. And the, the racism tag has been brought across 
the whole lot. I don't think that, I don't think that's right. What do you mean uh, that, that that if you question or ask questions about the the, um, the, 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 the immigration situation or you take part in protest that you're you're basically labelled a racist? Yeah, it's a blanket racist branding of all concerns uh, with the, now in the recent vandalism. Now that is vandalism. I disagree with burning down buildings, well, it's arson. especially when we're shortage of buildings and and we're burning them down. So that's not. But there's people are being accused of racism, and I think that's to deflect from the legitimate criticism of government policies. Uh, I mean, what they what they have done. I mean, the amount that they've given the Ukrainians. I mean, we're the highest paid weekly. Uh, across the government, across Europe. It's changing now, though, isn't it? Well, it's changing for the new people coming in, not for the old ones that are here. We have 70,000 that we're still going to pay. A lot of them are going back to, and I don't blame the Ukrainians for a minute. I don't want to be branded with that. It's the policy, the cause and effect of the government. Uh, I mean, they they are changing, uh, you know, they're changing what they're doing. But I mean, uh, it's only for the new people coming in. They're Is giving sure the reduced that? amount for 90 days, and then they're out on the streets. Uh, and well, there's also isn't the, there going to be a, a um, f- allowance or whatever you want to call it as well if, if people can't can't get accommodation. But look, either way, there's going to be changes to how that works. But but your point is that you feel that if you question at all government policy. Exactly. You're being branded racist. And that's kind of their get out of jail card. Let me bring in Leisha Connor for as well. Or let me bring in Leisha, I should should say, for a moment. Um, What are your thoughts on what happened in Galway, Leisha? Um, I was really sorry to hear what has happened um, because I know that uh, when communities, small communities like that, when things happen, it's such a big shock. Uh, They all know each other so well and can't believe that it's visiting their door. So I have huge sympathy for them, first of all. Um, I do think that a lot of people who are, you know, as your previous caller just said, they're not racist. They're just just concerned. End up being getting used by people who are most definitely racist. And that's where my concern is, and that's actually why I texted in. Um, because I think that it is very difficult for people who feel that they have legitimate points and concerns about services and school places to get their point across without standing side by side with people who are a hundred percent racist. So how how do you how do you give voice to legitimate concerns without standing beside somebody who has abhorrent attitudes towards people who are not white and Irish. What are the the legitimate concerns, Leisha? Well, for example, I hear your caller there talking, or perhaps you were talking about school places. I live in an area of Dublin that was fields 20 years ago and um, has expanded in population from zero to probably approaching somewhere in the region of about 14,000 people here in the next, say, four years. Um, in that time, um, uh, the area itself had to fight tooth and nail for primary school. Um, there was uh, planning twists and things like that that happened so that people here didn't get the secondary school that we were 
completely entitled to get. So all of the stuff, the the the, the no schools, the the no doctors, the not enough houses has been coming for years and years and years. And anybody who has been involved in any kind of community work or any kind of planning applications will know this. Um, if you look at the ESB connection rates that have happened uh, long before the Ukrainian crisis, in the years between 2011 and 2021, they dropped off the cliff. Okay, so there, there's from... there's definitely concerns about you know education and, and access to, to services. Yeah. But but is but it fair it to mix of laying it at the door of migrants and migrants who are migrants? Migrants are the people who are who are fueling our economy. We need migrants. I was out for dinner after the uh, with, with my friends uh, for for dinner in Dublin after the Dublin riots that that very weekend. I sat down at a table with a group of women who I've known for, for twenty years. I'm from Ireland, uh, somebody from Wales, somebody from France, somebody from America, somebody from India, somebody from Moldova. We're friends. Every single one of those women who weren't born here, um, but the majority of whom are married to Irish men and whose children are uh, mixed race and Irish, were threatened and, and appalled and, 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 and felt unsafe. You know, it, it, when you stand behind messages like that, these are the people who, who you make feel unsafe. When you're in Galway and you're in Cork and you're in all of these little villages, like, is that what you want to do? Is that, because that's what you do do when you talk about migrants. These are the people who are fueling economy, paying taxes. You know, without them, our economy falters and there is no money in the government to pay for houses. All the houses you say you want built, all the social housing projects that need to be built, all the people who need to work in hospitals. You, need, you, want, more, you want more social, um, you know, sort of assistance in the communities. Mm. It's migrants who are paying yeah, the tax. No, it's, 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 it was absolutely. I mean, you, you look at the workforce and, and, and the number of, of migrants that are working in, in so many, so many different areas um, and you need it as well. You blame migrants for what is happening. What is happening? Has is happened because of a world economic crash. It's uh, COVID and really, really poor and historically very, very poor planning. For I mean, we have. I'm a baby boomer, so born born in the early seventies. Baby boomers had babies. Those babies now need school places. You know, and university okay. places. Let and me just, Thomas. One of the the points that a, a lot of the texters are making today, um, and I'll just summarise it in in this one listener's point. Why does the councillor think that he's entitled to any consultation? He doesn't seem to understand the difference between a briefing and a consultation, and seems to think that he is entitled to be consulted. What do you say to that texter, Thomas? The bottom of page two of the document that I got. We are working to improve how new accommodations are sourced and how these developments are communicated to local authorities, our communities. Our aim is to enhance communications and engagement and give communities more access to information and updates on what is happening in their community. That's the bottom of page two of the seven-day, uh, seven-page briefing. But no, where I, where the community is very upset is the, the narrative was put out there through RTE. And I'm, 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 if you look at the six o'clock news, there was a, um, an intro into it and then there was a reporter on the ground. And, there, and both of them said that the department were engaging with, with the people. They well, the department probably uh, issued a statement. I don't know, but I, I assume that's well, where well, it came well, from well, to that effect. 
can I just say if and I, and this I think this is very important. If the department issued a statement to say that they were engaging with the communities when, when they weren't, I mean they were effectively working against the communities. Well, to, to be and fair, this, I did say, Thomas, I don't know that. I, I don't I don't know I, that and, they and did, I, but I'm and, and I I don't know either. But I can I can I can verbatim I, I can actually say it. Okay, if, you if, think if, you if, think if, you should be that you should be no, consulted no, and, and and it's on the the briefing note that there should be more consult. The way there is consultation or will be consultation, and it's not happening. Um, oh eight seven. If this is the way they want to be, can I just read out what they... Really no, well, I, I think we, we got the point, I think, Thomas, on, on that, if you don't mind, because I just want to try and get in a couple of other people's views as well. That's independent councillor Thomas Welby. Um, Jimmy in Roscommon says, whatever you think about it, and I totally condemn what happened, the arson in Galway is the outcome of a terrible decision-making and a complete lack of consultation process. Another listener, I've worked on many integration projects, and what's critical is to get community on board before assigning a premises by meetings and full discussion. Closure. This is a massive lack in Irish government approach to a very, very volatile situation. Chris says, of course, there should be consultation. It shows the government haven't a clue. Another texter, communication has nothing to do with any arson attack. Um, people who were involved in that to a listed building, totally evil. End of, says this texter. Keep your views coming into us. 087-1400-106 is the number. Thanks to an independent councillor there in Galway, uh, Thomas Welby, Jack Connor and Leisha as well. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.